Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hi everyone and welcome to On The House, the Household Management Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with expert knowledge from professionals in the field. I'm your host, Gabriella Yastra, coming to you from Nam, Melbourne, Australia. Let's get started. Hi everyone and welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about embracing ethical and sustainable fashion for a better world with Bailey Hall, who is envi- who is an environmental program specialist. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. I'm very excited about today's topic. Um, but before we yeah, um, but before we do get kicked off, um, I want to learn a little bit more about who you are and um, why you're talking to us today. Okay, great. Uh, Well, like you said, my name is Bailey, and I'm an environmental program specialist for the city of Sunnyvale. We are a city in California, United States, in Silicon Valley. Um, And I'm specifically working in the solid waste and recycling division for our city. So I've been in the environmental field for about a decade now, been working in solid waste for four years, and that's really become my passion, anything zero waste or recycling. um, I'm just super dedicated to and excited about. Great. Um, So we're also going to get to know you a little bit better with uh, more questions um, with a section we call, Have You Met Bailey? Um, So what's your favorite book? Definitely The Power by Naomi Alderman. It's it's amazing. It's about um, an alternate kind of alternate history of what if women developed the power to generate electricity, how would that change politics, um, gender roles, the entire world? It's mind-blowing. That sounds so interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to find that. Um, I mean, we do kind of create electricity, don't we? We do. But this is very literal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to read it and find out. Amazing. Um, Perfect. And what about a movie you've enjoyed recently? Everything, everywhere, all at once. It's a recent one. It is worth the hype. And it is now my favorite movie ever. Without spoiling it, can you say why? Okay. I, I hope this isn't a spoiler. It was so profound I saw it with my best friend and it was so profound that when it ended, I looked at her and I said, nothing matters and everything matters. I think, I don't think that spoils the movie. Um, I just watched it the other day. So Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. I think that I was, I read somewhere that what you take away from the movie or what you think the theme is about is changes depending on who you are and your perspective on the world. I can see that. Like some people were saying it was about husband and wife relationships or partner relationships, or some people were saying it was about mother-daughter relationships. Um, so yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Um, yeah. And I can definitely see, I see every, I understand, I guess, all the perspectives. Um, I do too. I do yeah. too. I think it ha- includes those things. Those relationships are important, but I feel the movie 
it's just about like life and the human experience and love and oh my gosh, everything. Everything, everywhere, yeah. all at once. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, and do you listen to any podcasts? Yes. Um, I have a very eclectic mix of podcasts. I love my true crime ones, um, but then I also have some environmental ones. So How to Save a Planet is a really great environmental one. Um, and the Indisposable podcast is specifically about zero waste. Uh, then I also, you know, throw a bit of humor in there. Um, very eclectic mix. I listen to all sorts of things. I always think that a good mix is really important because it sort of shows you different perspectives um, on different things. Yeah. Um, and also, I, th I really love my fiction podcasts and I think that it's good to have something fun in there as well. Absolutely. We need, we all need things to, for our brains to kind of take time off. It can't be all work all the time. Definitely. Um, and do you have a role model? Oh gosh. I've had a lot of role models through my life. Um, strong, strong women that are fearless and, you know, really pave their own path in one way or another. Um, and then of course there's like famous, I think all my role models are female, um, famous women, you know, Michelle Obama, Jane Goodall, um, are two that really stand out to me. I think in some ways it's sort of sh like, you know, that all your role models were women sort of show the importance of having, um, yeah, being represented in different areas. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to see yourself pursuing different positions if you can see people who are like you. Right. If there's an example that you can mm. look to, and I've been very fortunate to have positive female role models in my life. Yes, um, definitely something I think has improved in the last uh, little bit and hopefully we'll keep on improving. More to go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and what about a course that's inspired you? Yeah. Um, like a college course? It could be any course, you know, it could be college, okay. it could be something you've taken recently just for fun, anything. Okay. Uh, in college, I so I majored in environmental studies and I went to UC Santa Cruz in California. Go banana slugs. That is their real mascot. <laughs> I love that. Not kidding. Yep. <laughs> um, so I majored in environmental studies, got to take a lot of great classes related to that. And one that really stands out to me it is environmental philosophy. So it it kind of made me question and, and examine my own beliefs of what makes something inherently valuable? You know, what what makes nature inherently valuable to you? Why might other people not feel that way? And it also introduced me to shallow versus deep ecology. You know, shallow being like, I'm going to do one little thing and that's green versus deep ecology. Like, no, let's change the system. Let's get involved in activism. This is, this is bigger than us and we got to do big things to change it. Mm, I think that we do tend to get a bit stuck on the shallow side. Um, whereas, um, I mean, I think both po possibly from my own opinion, we need both. Yeah, um, I would agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think maybe the deeper side is a bit harder for everyone to wrap their heads around. Oh, of course. And it's, it's incredibly overwhelming. You know, eco-anxiety is a very real thing. I have mm -hmm. it. Um, I empathize with anyone that feels like this is just too much. I need to do a little thing and then back off. I get it. 
Um, but I think what we're talking about today is maybe going to help with that a little bit. Yes, um, exactly. I hope perfect. so. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so how do you define household management? I would say household management is um, like any good system, kind of an ecosystem of all the different processes and um, tasks, I guess, and systems that are required to have a functional, well-running household. So that includes financial, um, actual chores and, you know, tasks, emotional too, a lot of different things. And what are some misconceptions about household management? I think a misconception would be that it has to look the same for everybody, you know, that it, that your house has to always be sparkling and, you know, this gender role does that and you know it's different for everybody and and you got to just do what works for you to make your home a happy one so it's not necessarily about having the perfect home but the perfect home for yourself that works for you yeah totally totally hmm. there's no perfect home universally it's just it's perfect if it suits you and it helps you grow and be feel fulfilled and happy as a person then that makes it perfect I think. Okay. Um, so what is ethical and sustainable fashion? So it's a relatively new way of looking at fashion. And I think the best examples incorporate both play off of each other. So sustainable fashion really looks at the environmental impact of clothing, where the materials come from, the impacts on water, energy, and waste. It is very circular. So there's no, you know, wasted anything throughout the process and it is regenerative um so it, it takes into account you know ecosystems and how healthy they are and doesn't deplete them but does creates new things in a way that doesn't harm the environment right and then ethical fashion looks more at the people aspect which is incredibly important too the workers that are making these garments, even the people in um, living near where the raw materials are extracted, are their homes being impacted? Are they affected negatively? Um, but definitely the the workers, you know, putting together these this clothing, are they paid well? Are they treated well? Are they in safe working conditions? And like I said, I think I think we need to look at both and combine them. I guess because it's also the environment where the workers are living is affected by the production in some ways. Very much. Yeah. So, um, and how does, how does sustainable fashion relate to our life, to our lives? Mm. So I was thinking about this, how, how are fashion and household management connected? And I think they actually are in several ways. So obviously they impact our finances because we're, we're purchasing all our clothing. Um, they are also objects within our home. So they're, they're a part of our home's kind of inventory and they're part of how we present ourselves, what we look like both in and out of the home, which is a really, you know, a, a big component of life. Um, and then of course there's the waste aspect affects what we throw away, which of course working in solid waste, I'm extremely interested in. Um, and many people will throw out old clothing and won't really think about it, won't give it a second thought. So those are the connections that I've been thinking about. Yeah, that's very interesting how, um, 
yeah, you sort of think of clothes as just like, oh, just something I put on and then I don't really think about what happens to the rest of it. Yeah. Um, mm. But it really is a, a big part of our lives and a big part of, you know, our waste and our homes. Um, so how can we, um, how can we incorporate, you know, better ethical and sustainable fashions into our lives, you know? Yeah. Do we, um, do we have to stop buying things so we don't produce as much waste? No, I'm, I'm never going to tell someone to stop buying things completely. That's not mm. realistic. And again, I want people to do what, you know, works for best for themselves in their lives, in their home. Um, so like you were saying, I think most of us with clothing are kind of used to just the experience of buying it in the store or online, putting it on, saying, okay, great. And then, you know, maybe at the end of its life, throwing it in the garbage. I think the first step here is to just take a pause and think, think about where, what brand, what brand is this clothing and what do they stand for? What is it made of? The actual materials, are these helpful or harmful to the environment? Are they helpful or harmful to me? Um, what, you know, what was the process of creating them? What were the workers treated like? Uh, and what is its end of life? So the first step is to just think. And I think a lot of times that does include maybe not buying something when you have that quick impulse to, to think about it and ask, do I really need this new trendy thing or am I, am I going to get tired of it in a couple of weeks? You know, um, one great thing to incorporate here is borrowing, especially for like a costume, you know, costume party or a really fancy event. You know, a lot of your friends, if they're a similar size to you, a lot of your friends might have these items already and you don't have to go out and buy them. So it's just kind of reconsidering, stopping the cycle of just immediately buying and rethinking. Uh, but beyond that, there's so many other things too. There's secondhand shopping, which I'm extremely passionate about. Um, there's mending clothing, you know, holding on to what you have and taking really good care of it. And uh, then there's also looking for these ethical, sustainable brands who are really committed to, you know, natural fabrics and fair, fair trade for employees um, and just just a better way of making clothing than what than what's been done historically. Mm, so much stuff that I want to unpack with what you've just said. Um, I know I said a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of things there and there's a lot of things I want to dive into. Um, I guess my first one is. Like, so, you know, you're on your first step to looking at buying more ethically um, and more responsibly. You mentioned like what things are made of and how that impacts the environment and our health. So um, how, how can the materials of our clothing, um, how does that impact the environment? Yeah. So what many people don't realize is now majority of clothing sold, I think it's 65%, it's, it's over half, now has synthetic fibers. And what I didn't even know until I was an adult is usually synthetic fibers are made from fossil fuels. So, you know, people that are involved in the environment, you know, they've heard about fossil fuels and how they're bad, coal, you know, oil, obviously contributing to climate change, making air quality worse. But they're not realizing that some of that stuff is in the clothing that we're wearing. So if you um, if you get any sort of synthetic blend or anything that has polyester, uh, spandex, those are two really big ones. Um, 
gosh, I can't think of others, but those those are fossil fuel derived fibers. If you look for natural fibers, so cotton, hemp, linen, silk, um, even I've seen bamboo, uh, those fibers are at least not extracting fossil fuels from the earth contributing to climate change. These are things that are grown from plants that don't take a lot of processing. Um, so just starting there, looking at what your clothing is made of, and if possible, sometimes it is possible, looking for that 100% 100, uh, 100 content of natural fiber is helpful for both the planet and you. You don't want to be wearing, you know, it's it's not great for our health to be wearing lots of clothing that's made of plastic. I did notice, um, so I do have some clothing. I try now to purchase more um, natural fibers, mostly just because I've noticed how I feel wearing yeah. them. Um, like, you know, if you've ever had a shirt that's really staticky, it's probably mostly plastic. Yes. Or yeah. like I find there's like one particular shirt, if I wear it, I get really sweaty and smelly really yeah. quickly. <laughs> Yeah, synthetic fibers are often not breathable, so it's less comfortable for you anyways. Um, mm. And also, I have clothes in my closet made from synthetic fibers too, so no shame to anyone that does. This is about progress, not perfection. Just want to throw that out there. But with something that is, um, you know, a natural fiber, can you like, you know, you, you mentioned the end of life. Can, can you like compost it? What can you do um, with natural fibers as opposed to synthetic fibers? That's an interesting question. So I've gotten this one before from residents that are, you know, interested in composting. In theory, if you have something that is 100% cotton, especially, maybe silk too, but 100% cotton, in theory, it should be able to break down in a compost pile. Um, you know, that... It might not work perfectly depending on how well your compost pile is doing, how the moisture level, the temperature, there's a bunch of factors. But in theory, that should be able to compost. But what I actually recommend to people if they have, you know, a garment that's at the end of life, if it's good, if it's still good quality wearable, then I definitely recommend um, donating it to a thrift store or even reselling it um, online on secondhand markets. Or if it's not that good quality, turning it into cleaning rags. Um, that can be a really useful thing because it's something we all need and you won't be throwing throwing this other thing away. You'll be putting it to use. That's true. I um, I use a lot of paper towel for things. Um, yeah. And sometimes I feel bad about that. <laughs> use yeah, a rag so instead and then, yeah. Exactly. If you could replace just... 10% of that with a rag for, you know, not super dirty jobs, then that's a big help and you're keeping something out of the landfill. That's a good idea. I'll have to go through all my t-shirts. Well, yeah, I got to wear them first. Yeah. 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 Um, so you also mentioned how things are made um, and how that affects, affects the environment. Um, can you explain that? Sure. So Currently, a lot of fast fashion that that we consume is made in a poorer country by workers that are not paid well. So that's where the ethical part comes into play. And sometimes they are exposed to 
chemicals or just substances that aren't great for them. So synthetic fibers, working with those all day, every day in like a closed space, you know, sometimes very humid environment, you're, that's not good for your health. You're inevitably inhaling a tiny bit of that. And it's, that's just the fabric alone. That's not considering any dyes that go into it or any treatments, um, especially clothing that you know, is fire retardant, or I'm seeing more and more clothing that claims that's sweat proof. A lot of times that can contain chemicals that are actually quite bad for your health. Um, so not only is that, you know, not great for you to wear, it's really bad for any workers where many hours a day, they're just working up close with that material all the time. So is something that's made of a natural material, um, is that going to be less dangerous for their health than um, something that's made from a synthetic material? It could be, yes. Um, of course, that's, you know, not taking into account, like I said, any dyes or any treatments to the fabric or any, you know, embellishments, buttons, zippers. Um, but but typically, yes, if you can find something that's 100% natural fi uh, fabric, then typically that is healthier both for the workers and for the person that is wearing it. And you mentioned as well fast fashion. Can you explain what that is? Yes. Um, so fast fashion is actually a pretty new thing. It's only come about in the last couple decades. And it originally, it started as a way for normal everyday people to mimic uh, runway trends. So they're very quickly, cheaply made clothing that is mass produced and mass, you know, sold, pushed out there really quickly, imitating trends, and it's meant to be consumed and disposed of very quickly as well. So the whole process is very fast. Um, and I actually, I shouldn't be making a circular motion because it's not circular. It's, it's a very linear process of, you know, we're going to make this thing, produce it quickly, sell it, you wear it, you throw it out. That's what a lot of fashion has become. So oftentimes you'll hear um, the counterpart being referred to as slow fashion. So that's items that are made, you know, with with care, with respect to the workers out of fabrics that are not toxic, um, with processes that aren't, you know, sacrificing the environment for time or money, right? Mm. You've talked a little bit about the benefits of of um sustainable, responsible, ethical fashion. What are some other benefits we haven't mentioned already? I think there is an emotional component. Uh, when you are wearing something that you, uh, from a brand that you really feel good about, from, uh, you know, some a place where you feel like the workers are being paid fairly, the materials are harvested sustainably, whatever it may be, there really is an emotional component of, I... I'm doing something nice. I'm doing something good. Um, I think it's similar whenever you do a kind of any environmental activity, it can feel, it can feel nice. Like I have the power to do this, you know, to change something, to do something nice for the world. Um, and here I am. Another benefit actually is financial. Um, so sometimes slow fashion can be more pricey, but they are built to last. So if you compare, you know, buying a ton of fast fashion, large volumes of it very quickly over a few years 
versus one or two garments where you paid a little bit more for it, but they are lasting. They're not ripping. They're they're durable. They're you know the stitching is very high quality. The slow fashion is going to cost less, um, and of course produce far less waste. Uh, and I think you know I think the other benefits we talked about too. Obviously, there's the big environmental one, producing less weight, less waste. Um, and yeah, maybe just feeling good about the household that you're running and, and the choices you're making and the products that are in it. Mm. I, I do mend some of my own clothes. And so I always feel very proud when I put them on. I'm like, I fixed this. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even talk about mending, but yes, it feels, and kudos to you. If I sew a button on something or repair a rip, I feel so good about myself. It feels amazing. So, um, yes, I definitely relate to that. Mm. Um, and, but so you sort of compared, um, you know, buying lots of fashion and spending a lot of money on fast fashion versus buying a few pieces, but doesn't it mean that then you sort of get stuck with a few pieces? What if you've made the wrong decision? At least if you buy fast fashion, you can try a bunch of different styles on. I know that I went through a period of time where, I wanted to try different styles of clothing. Oh, sure. How yeah. do you how do you recommend we we sort of contend with that? That's a good question. And I think that's where the reuse resell markets come into play. So again, people should do what works best for them, what makes them happy. There's some people that love having a capsule wardrobe where they just have a few pieces that are kind of, you know, neutral statement pieces that makes them happy. There's others, actually like me, I'm more in this category, where you want to have fun with fashion and you want to wear a bunch of different things and, you know, not necessarily stay super on trend, but have lots of different options to choose from. That is where secondhand and thrifting come into play. So not only is that an inexpensive option, I love going on eBay and finding pieces that are secondhand. They are super, super affordable or in person at thrift stores. So this top is actually from a thrift store and it's really nice. So you buy something secondhand, you keep it for as long as you want, as long as it's suiting you. And then since you're taking good care of it, you know, you're, you're washing it correctly and you're, you know, I don't know, not putting tons of holes in it, then you can resell or donate that piece again it can go on to have more life after that so um a lot of times i'll swap clothes or just give clothes to my friends if they like something and i've kind of gotten tired of it i'll just give it to them and they're so excited it's like a new random present um i've sold nicer pieces on you know online uh to again give it another life or donating it to you know, clothing stores, secondhand stores, um, those are all ways of keeping, you know, keeping the circularity going and getting to try new pieces and be fashionable, but not contributing to waste in a landfill. Um, I've become the friend who everyone gives their clothes to. Awesome. Um, which I love. Um, yeah. I just get a text, hey, do you want this? Do you want that? And I'm like, sure. Of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, awesome. So I I really love that. So spread the word out to people, I guess. Absolutely. Share your clothes with your friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you also mentioned mending as well. So okay. and taking care of clothes properly. How do you recommend we do that? Yeah. So 
it can it can look like however you want. Um, I we mentioned earlier how amazing it feels when you like resew a button on or mend a tiny rip. That's a great place to start. So I'm I'm not a professional sewer by any means, but I know my way my my basic way around a needle thread. So anyone who's interested in this, it would be a great place to start to you know look up a video how to resew a button, how to fix a little rip or um, put a patch on jeans. That's one of my favorite repair techniques. Unless, or you can keep it ripped. Um, so that's that's a great place to start. Of course, you can go further with it and, you know, invest in a sewing machine and, and make larger repairs. And then you can even remake, you know, repurpose other clothing and remake it into a new thing. You can go really far with it. There's also been a couple instances where I've taken something to a tailor. Uh, so I had a dress from when I was a teenager that was adorable, but the elastic on the top had worn out because it had been 15 years. So I took it to a tailor and he was able to remove that part and turn the bottom just into a skirt. So now I have this piece that I've had for almost two decades that I'm still wearing that still looks amazing. Um, so those are all examples of re-repair at different scales, however far you want to go with it. Mm -hmm. And what about like taking care of clothes? Yeah, so I think washing them correctly. And I noticed actually this show has another episode all about washing fibers correctly, taking care of them well. So that would be a great counterpart to this. Um, but, you know, washing, washing clothing items according to what they're made of and what the instructions are definitely um i like to line dry my clothes just so they can avoid the dryer um i think that helps them last a little bit and makes them give off less lint uh and then i i don't know i guess just hanging them up you know not not keeping them in a crazy pile around the house hanging them up when you're not using them treating them with care and so we've talked a lot about um, how to, I guess, be more sustainable. Um, but um, what are some challenges that we might face um, if we're trying right. to be more ethical and more sustainable? Sure. So I have note, I will admit um, some brands that are, you know, really focused on sustainability and ethical fashion like I mentioned, can be very pricey. You know, sometimes it it doesn't make sense and it's not practical to pay $60 for a plain t-shirt. If you want to do that and you have that finance, then great. But I recognize for a lot of people that's impractical. And I don't want I don't want anyone to think that sustainable fashion is something to be gate kept, something they can't access, you know? So I think Costs can be a burden when you're buying new, but that's what makes me go back to secondhand and thrift stores. I found amazing deals online for something lightly used. I also enjoy going to thrift stores and hunting for bargains. So, um, and then if you have a trading borrowing, you know, system with friends, then you can potentially get clothing for free. So there are ways to get around that price barrier if uh, if that doesn't work for you. Another problem that I've noticed um, with uh, sustainable fashion is 
that sometimes um, I'll buy something and I'll read their information on their website and they'll say, yes, we are really sustainable. We treat our workers really well. And then I'll talk to someone and they'll say, oh no, a report came out that said they weren't actually very good. Oh. So um, how can we know whether a brand is telling the truth or that they're just greenwashing? Ah, that is a million dollar question. Is it truth or is it greenwashing? Um, I encounter that quite a bit just in my job overall because I'm dealing with dis the disposal of everything. So a lot of brands, no matter what the product is, will say, oh yeah, you can totally recycle this and you can't. Um, and I, I know there have been examples of brands where they, they claim they're doing one thing and a report comes out. So I think if you have the time and energy, you know, doing a quick search of if there has been any, you know, reports, exposés, or hopefully on the, on the positive side of that, you know, a good report saying, hey, we looked into this and they're super legitimate. Um, doing a quick search of that is really helpful. Um, and then again, I know I keep falling back, coming back to it, but secondhand, one of the great things about that is I heard someone say once that when you buy secondhand, the person who bought it first technically took on the carbon footprint for you. Mm -hmm. So it's like a cheap, like this awesome hack of getting the clothing that you want without, you know, of course there's, there's technically impacts, but um, secondhand can be viewed as like sort of guilt-free shopping. Um, but yeah, also do your homework, look, look, uh, for at sites that you trust and see if they have recommendations or if they've done research themselves. Do you have any sites that you recommend? Oh, uh, sure. I, I have tons of brands that I love. So mm -hmm. there's 10 tree. Um, I wasn't sure if I could say specific brands, but 10 tree is awesome. Any item, every item you buy, they plant 10 trees oh, hence cool. the name and it actually each item comes with a little like coin tracker where you plug in the number and it shows you where in the world your 10 trees are planted cool um, and of course they also you know their their clothing is made with natural fibers they take into account um water and ethical practices uh pact p-a-c-t is another great one they are um made in the U the whole process is made in the USA which is actually kind of rare um and apparently it's all done through wind power cool. which is amazing and their stuff is organic um and then i also love prana they are kind of more focused on outdoor athletic clothing and again with a big focus on water use ethical practices and uh fabric actual material of the fabric but then there's tons of other brands that are doing really cool things too so madewell and patagonia have sections on their websites to buy secondhand oh, which cool. is yeah which is a really big deal you know that was not a thing five mm. five years ago um patagonia especially in the i don't know if you've heard the owner recently like gave up you know gave a gave up all the profits of the company or is donating them. It's really oh, wow. revolutionary. It's amazing. Um, even H&M is trying to do sustainability initiatives. So 
voting with our dollars can really move the needle and make an impact and tell brands, hey, do better. We're watching. Definitely. Um, yeah. And so after you've, you know, bought sustainable clothing, you've used it, you've repaired it, um, you've kept it really well. What can you do with the clothes afterwards? Um, you know, can you recycle it as you said, said before, or is that impossible? It is possible. Um, I, it, it's always best. So there's kind of like a period, a pyramid, a hierarchy of, of what's best and resell reuse is the best at the top. So that's mm -hmm. why I always tell people, Hey, if you have something that you, you know, for whatever reason, don't want anymore, or you outgrew, um, something like that, it's, if you can selling it directly or giving it to someone is always best because that ensures the item is still being used. Um, if not, then you can donate it to secondhand stores and usually they'll be able to resell it. In some cases, when we donate fabric, so I'm not sure if Australia has like don donation boxes around for clothing specifically. Do you have things like that? We've got like op shops, like thrift shops. Um, okay. And then... We've got these boxes where you can put clothes and things, but I don't really, I've never really looked at them, honestly. Okay. Well, I can tell, I can tell for America, at least we have, um, or in California, we have these bins made for clothing donation and those, those donated clothes usually go, go towards some sort of insulation, which is pretty interesting. So that's cool. Pillows. Yeah. Pillows, couches, um, even wall insulation in houses. Um, that's what happens to, I, I think it was like 40% of the clothing that's put in those bins can be used for insulation, which is to be really technical downcycling where you're, you're using the item again, but it's in a slightly lower category of use than what it originally was. Okay. I've never heard of downcycling. I've heard of upcycling. Yes, upcycling. Uh, so upcycling would be if you become like a master sewer and you take apart like scraps of different fabric and put together this new incredible outfit. That would be upcycling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, is there anything that we've missed that you wanted to talk about? Um, like I said, it's, it's progress, not perfection. I don't want anyone listening to this to feel like, oh my gosh, my, I'm so trash because my wardrobe, you know, has, has some synthetic fibers. That's not it at all. Take baby steps, do what feels right to you. I've, I've talked enough about secondhand, I think, uh, thrifting, but yeah, try on different methods. Try a little bit of repair. Try cloth clothes uh, swapping. Try looking into ethical brands and seeing if you find any that really speak to you. Um, there's lots of different ways to do this. And um, what's something that you do in your own um, in your own life to manage your clothing? Hmm. Um, so, like I said, sometimes I'll take things to a tailor or a shoe cobbler when I really love it and I want it to be repaired. I do quite a bit of secondhand shopping. I am the self-proclaimed queen of eBay. That is where I get most of my professional wardrobe. It looks so nice and I spend a fraction on it. It's amazing. Um, and then I just also 
yeah, I, I try to take good care of the clothing that I have. So I have some pieces that are still from high school that I was able to, you know, hold on to. And it was kind of big to start with. So fortunately, I didn't grow out of it. Um, and then when I can, when I, you know, want to spend a little bit more, I love buying from ethical brands that I really believe in, um, like Tentree or Prana. Uh, their stuff is very well made and very quality. Perfect. Um, so we've also got some questions from the audience. Okay, great. Um, so our first one is, um, how can consumers differentiate between truly sustainable and ethical fashion brands and those that might be using it as a marketing ploy? And we have talked about this a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, the greenwashing thing. So that is a very good question. And that can honestly be applied to like everything in life, all brands. It's very difficult. Um, so like I said, uh, uh, do a quick search online first to see if there's been any reports um, sometimes you will get, uh, different, like different green, you know, environmental reporters or websites that will do a deep dive, like, Hey, is this brand really what it says it's about? Kind of an analysis there. So you could look into that. Um, but otherwise, honestly, it is hard. And sometimes we don't know a hundred percent for sure. Sometimes we do have to, you know, take take this brand's word and that's kind of the consumerist world we live in where we have to listen we listen to these claims that these brands make and we can do our best to investigate but uh it's it can be very tricky to find out what's really going on mm. And I guess if you, even if they're not maybe telling a hundred percent of the truth, if you put your money towards it, they know that they that there's definitely a market there. Yeah, for it, and um, maybe they'll change to make it, you know, um, more transparent and more um, actually, um, you know, responsible. That's I know, true. That's my hope. Yeah, and and uh, reports that find, you know, when they do catch a brand kind of greenwashing, um, I can think of a lot of examples of that. There's, you know, there's things we can do there too. There's petitions we can sign. There's letters that we can write. Um, sometimes there's even legislation action that we can take and those things too will influence brands and show them, oh, wow, this is actually really important to people. Um, another question we have is, um, what are the key ethical and sustainable considerations that consumers should be aware of, um, when making fashion purchases? Yeah. So for the ethical side, definitely, um, working conditions and pay for the garment workers. Um, some websites, not not all brands, not even close, but some brands will pay special attention to that on their websites, on their About Us, and talk about the labor that goes into this and how they're paid fairly. You can look for uh, fair trade symbols. That's kind of less frequent for clothing, but it it can be there. Um, so definitely worker conditions and then for sustainability, definitely that fabric, you know, the material that it's made out of, um, and also if possible, just, this is a lot harder to find out, but the way that it was made. So, you know, what dyes are part of it, what, how much water was used, um, how much energy, how much waste, 
And some, I have seen some websites that are, you know, bragging like this article of clothing saved, you know, X amount of gallons compared to, sorry, in America, we use gallons because we're yep. silly. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I think we understand though. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so another question, and this is, um, um, so shopping is my hobby. Do I have to give it up? No, no, no. Um, like I, I know I said it before, but I want people to do what works for them, what makes them happy and fulfilled ultimately. And I would just say, um, to be more sustainable and, and have a better impact on the world, there's just tweaks you could make. So if you love shopping, if you're really into fashion, you can keep doing that. That's okay. Just maybe, hey, do what I do and, and buy most of it on eBay secondhand, you mm. know, or thrift stores. There's There are little tweaks you can make. Still shop, but just maybe change the place where you shop, but still, still buy your fashionable pieces. Something that I've personally noticed, and I think it's changed a little bit in the last say 10 years is that a lot of the places that do sort of market themselves as more ethical and sustainable um they have clothes that are a little bit uh hippie-ish you know not quite <laughs> trendy uh, okay or you know a bit more basic as well like i find a lot of them just have plain tees um yeah. and as much as i like that i don't want to wear that not all the time yeah um do you have any recommendations for that or just keep looking? Keep looking. If you don't like it, you don't have to wear it. You do not need to look like a hippie if you don't want to. Um, I like, you know, you could say this shirt is not boring at all. I love loud patterns and loud colors. Um, and I am still able to find these clothes in a sustainable manner. So yeah, keep looking. Um, again, if you want to go really wild with it, you can look into sewing and making your own pieces. I've seen recently, I saw this really awesome sweater where the, the arms were actually the legs of an old pair of jeans. And then the, the body of it was just like sweater material. And it looked so cool. It looks so good. That sounds really cool. But whenever yeah. I try that, it just looks silly. <laughs> I'm sure you could find awesome, unique, you know, not plain stuff that works for you. Mm -hmm. um, that's still, that's still su sustainably made. Okay. Okay. I'll have to keep looking. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're up to the open mic section. So this is where you get a chance to talk about anything that you're passionate about and it doesn't have to be related to the topic. Did you have anything in mind? Yeah, I think just really briefly, and it's related to this, I think I wanted to talk about eco-anxiety and also just anxiety in general. Um, if anyone listening has ever experienced eco-anxiety, uh, I get it. That's very normal. Um, there's a lot of bad news with the environment. It can be soul-crushing. It's extremely exhausting and I, you know, I kind of darkly joke to people working in the environmental field, like I just chose such a bummer of a field. I love it and I feel very fulfilled, but it can feel so, gosh, it can, it can feel really difficult to navigate and it can, and can also make you feel quite depressed too. Um, so if anyone out there is feeling that or anxiety in general, I have that too. You're not alone. Um, 
meditating and breath work really helped me through all of these things, whether it's the environment or just life. Um, and I've, I've learned over, you know, I'm not old and wise yet, but I have learned through my life that it's usually the simple things that really bring us fulfillment and work. So if I'm feeling lousy, focus on my breath, take a walk outside, look at birds and listen to them sing, look at flowers, pet a dog, make yourself a nice, healthy little meal and eat it. It's the simple things in life that can really help with mental health. It doesn't have to be complicated or fancy and you are super not alone. I definitely feel that sometimes it feels like, you know, we're trying to make all these little differences and it's not really adding up to much. So, um, thank you for that. Um, yeah. I'll do what I'll you can. I'll do what I can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if people want to find out more about you, um, you know, do you have a website, social media? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at just at Bailey Hall. You can type in Sunnyvale too. That will help you find me, especially if you're in Australia. My LinkedIn, uh, just search Bailey Ann Hall and you will find me. Um, you can also, if you want to see a little bit of my um, acting skills in the name of Zero Waste, mm -hmm. you can go on YouTube and look up Sunnyvale Recycling. I got to star in a couple videos about our food scrap recycling program, so... If any of you want to watch a one minute video of me in a professional setting, um, there you go. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, we'll put those links in the um, show notes so people can find okay. them and watch your one minute videos. Okay. Sounds good. And, and feel free to message me on LinkedIn too. I'd, I'd be happy to connect. Great. Thank you. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining me. Um, it was really great to learn a bit more about sustainable and ethical fashion. Um, and I will definitely be uh, using some of those in my own life. Awesome. Thank you so Great. much for having me. Thank you. You've been listening to On The House, produced by the Household Management Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes like this from across 10 life management perspectives can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and any other podcasting apps available on your smart devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating, sharing, and subscribing to our channel as it helps other people to find it so we can grow and continue to bring you quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website, hm.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Gabriella Yastra. Thanks for tuning in.